Great day for Talk Radio. Just a heads up, severe thunderstorm watch is in effect, uh, so you plan accordingly. Our buddy Cam's coming by at the bottom of the hour. That's the other heads up with leftovers and end cuts. Right now, though, uh, I wanted to clarify a few points of law, and uh, it's beyond my pay grade to understand exactly what the legal implications are. But Joe Newberger is AM640's legal analyst, and he's joined the Oakley Show here at Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Joe, how you doing? I'm wonderful, John. How are you? Pretty good, but uh, I'm a little perplexed. Help me out here, you know, because the Ford government announced today $25 million to crack down on bail offenders, and uh, they want to give police the tools to fight the guns and the gangs, and they say part of the funding is uh, going to be $7.6 million of the 25 in total, assigning one legal SWAT team per courthouse to be located at each of Toronto's provincial courthouses. Each team will be led by a Crown attorney with the mandate to focus exclusively on ensuring violent gun criminals are denied bail and remain behind bars. Uh, I'm just curious if they can do that. I mean, the right to bail and so on and so forth. uh, Is that going to make constitutional muster? Well, um, the right to bail is a constitutionally protected right. So regardless of an individual being charged for the first time or the second time with uh, an offense, they can't automatically detain. There will have to be a proper bail hearing. But bail is granted on a number of bases. One is, will the person come to court? Will they commit other offenses? But also the strength of the case of the prosecution. So if there is a strong focus on the investigations and very compelling evidence is put forward at a bail hearing, far beyond what normally is done, such that the justice of the peace would come to a determination that uh, releasing the individual would bring the administration of justice into disrepute or the public would lose confidence, then you may see more detentions with persons uh, in gun cases. All right. So there is a way to do it. Okay. So really, there's a presumption of innocence, but it comes with qualifiers. Correct. Okay. Well, Well, no, let me say this better. There's always a presumption of innocence, and that doesn't play in necessarily in the bail hearing. The person is innocent before the court. But if you can establish that it's an exceptionally strong case, then it may not be appropriate to release the person on bail, remembering that bail is constitutionally protected. But if it's a very, very compelling case for the prosecution, bail may be denied. Okay, so uh, they really just want the Crown attorneys there to be very assertive in trying to fight the person if they think that person, you know, is a, a gangbanger, fight him from getting bail. Yes, they, they want to ensure to do whatever they have to do, from what I've read, to try and uh, have sufficient evidence to establish connections to organized crime, gangs, other criminal activity, and put forward a very compelling case that the individual should be detained. And so they need infrastructure for that. Um, and that's why the infusion of this money will ultimately be helpful to the prosecution and to police. Again, with Joe Newberger, AM640 legal analyst, they go, it goes on to say, these teams will be further supported by a new team of bail compliance officers who will focus their attention exclusively on ensuring that those gun criminals who are out on bail are not violating any of the terms of their release. It's like hall monitors are making sure that they've got somebody there checking on them, right? Yeah, there's always been the requirement that police do bail checks. So they'll knock on the door if somebody's under house arrest. Are they there? The difficulty is funding. Police are stretched to the max. Uh, Their infrastructure is limited. And so they don't have the time and opportunity and funding to go out and do every bail check that they should be doing. Again, if you infuse the capital into that infrastructure and have teams set up to do bail checks, you will have a much more efficient process.
Yeah, and some of these gangbangers, just on the off chance, they might uh, get a visit from a bail compliance officer. If you got more of them out there, uh, it may actually get them to thinking twice that you can't play fast and loose with your bail. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Okay. I don't know if this is still in your purview here, but we were talking earlier about this group of families lo- launching a human yeah. rights challenge. Uh, does that case have merit, do you think? I think so. I'm more you know, in tune with constitutional rights, and, and I understand... Uh, the you know the human rights legislation to some extent the reality is they have a very compelling argument to say by removing the curriculum and replacing it with uh, archaic curriculum which does not address issues related to uh, the LGBTQ community and issues related to um, those individuals and tolerance and inclusion etc that discriminates against them and puts them at some risk uh, because uh, greater knowledge uh, for students will help uh, prevent against bullying, will promote a healthy atmosphere for these students to be in school and work and get along with peers. So there is a compelling argument there. I, I think that is the type of discrimination uh, that, you know, is something legitimate for the Human Rights Tribunal to look at. Whether they can determine that this is true discrimination, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether they will have sufficient authority even if they find discrimination, to actually compel the legislature to put back in or the government to put back in the uh, 2014 curriculum, that's where I'm not sure if they're going to have that power because this is a provincial um, uh, creature of statute and they may not have the right power to order an actual government about policy. Uh, it's different than if you complain about being discriminated at McDonald's for your job or in some other public organization. Yeah, uh, again, because you have the whole elected body, uh, whether it's trustees on boards or, uh, you know, within the ministry itself, uh, and that's something that's come down from the elected body. Interesting. And finally, i got to ask you, because we were just talking uh, as a lark, this uh young lady in Quebec who's uh, suing the event coordinator because the rap artist she had gone to see at the festival on August 3rd was late, held up at the border. She's launching a class action lawsuit. You think that case has merit because the guy was 90 minutes late? God, I hope not. <laughs> we, so do, we so do not need needless, stupid litigation to clog up the courts. Oh, God. What's 90 minutes? You had fun with your friends. <laughs> there you they go. Just, they, they delivered the product. Who cares if it was late? I was just pointing out, you know, back in the day, if somebody was 90 minutes late, it was considered on time. Guns and Roses, you know what I'm saying? You built that into the equation, baked it into the pie. All right, Joe, it's always great to talk. You have a good night. Thank you. You take care. All the best. And to you, Joe Newberger, AM640 Legal Analyst.